This session of Scanner School is sponsored by our new training course, An Introduction to SDR, or Software Defined Radios. Now this course is designed to walk you through the process of not only purchasing, but also installing an SDR, getting the accessories hooked up, and getting the software installed in your computer so you are ready to go without wasting time and getting you operational as soon as possible. We'll teach you how to not only set up the hardware, so you can get analog reception, but also P25, DMR, NXDN, and trunking, all, again, with simple-to-use hardware and your existing computer setup. So for more information about this introduction to SDR training, please visit our website at scannerschool.com courses. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. My material call sign is W2LIE, and this is session number 79 of Scanner School. Why do we use multiple scanners? Now, all the session notes from today's podcast can be found on our website, scannerschool.com slash session79. So before we start and get involved in why I use multiple scanners, I want to remind you all that next week's podcast is another Ask Scanner School session. So I am trying to incentivize you to uh, leave me a message via SpeakPipe or via our uh, local voicemail number. So here's what we're going to do going on going forward. If you submit your question using SpeakPipe, which can be found on our Scanner School website, scannerschool.com slash ask, or by using our local number, which is 516-308-2885, and you submit your question using one of those two methods, you will be in the running for a free consulting call with me. The consulting call is a 30-minute consulting call, and it has a value of $47. Now, in order to qualify, all you have to do is submit your question via a voice medium. So either via SpeakPipe or using our local number. We will pick one winner from each Ask Scanner School session. So if we have four questions being aired, you have a one-four chance of winning your consulting session. Again, worth $47. So again, all you do to qualify, go to scannerschool.com slash ask. Hit that SpeakPipe button and leave me a message or by calling our local number 516 516- 3082885. You can enter as many times as you want and we'll limit your uh, winning to once per quarter. So being that next month starts the first uh, week of the quarter, you have a very good chance of winning. And being we only have one person so far who has submitted a voicemail question, your or their winnings or their chance of winning are pretty good. So again, scannerschool.com slash ask. Submit your questions right now, and we'll remind you again at the end of the podcast to do so. Multiple scanners. Is one scanner radio really enough? Well, if you're just getting started in the hobby, one scanner radio is perfect for you to get your feet wet, get going, get started. I know a lot of you are also on a budget, so having multiple scanners isn't really something that is um, you know, available to you. But again, as you progress into the hobby, you're going to find out, too, that you're going to want multiple scanners. You'll find something on a new one that you really like. You may not want to get rid of the old one. Maybe you do want to get rid of the old one. Maybe you're looking around uh, at you know, 
social media sites and somebody's put one for sale for a really good price that you've wanted for a while. You may walk into a, uh, a pawn shop. Maybe you walk into you know a garage sale or something. You see one there. All of a sudden now, you realize you've got a small collection of scanners. And I say that is awesome. You can never have too little scanner radios. Um, again, this is from somebody who has the disease. I, I just can't stop buying these things. They're taking over my basement. And uh, just don't tell anybody because I don't want to admit to there actually being a problem here. So how does this work with multiple scanners? And why do we want to have multiple scanners? So let's just throw out an example here. Again, this is just random numbers, nothing from a real spec. But let's just say that you have a scanner with a scan rate of 30 channels per second. Okay. And let's just say you're running with 100 channels. That means you would have, it would take just over three seconds, right? 3.33333 seconds for you to go from channel one all the way through the channel number 100 and back down to channel one again, right? That's the scan rate from start to stop. Uh, if you had a, you know, a 300 channel scanner, yeah, you would have about 10 seconds, right? If you go on beyond there as well, right? Don't want anything about what happens when you have a thousand channel scanner. As you can see, your scan rate slows up the amount of time it takes you to go from start all the way through all the channels and back again. Now, this is if you don't have any activity going on in the scanner. That's just how long it's going to take you. Now, you start factoring that you're stopping on a transmission, okay? You're listening to that transmission for however long it takes. Then you go back to the scan list, or there's a delay time on there, or even to uh, to amplify that as well, there's a squelch tail on a repeater. So maybe the transmission is over, or maybe the, 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 the dispatcher comes on the air, or you catch a mid-sentence, he de-keys the mic, there's a two-second squelch tail on the repeater, you have a two-second delay timer on the scanner, and then you go back on, and then you catch something else. Well, by the time you get back to that original dispatch frequency, you might have missed all the replies. Compound that even more is if you have trunk systems in line, right? We're only talking right now about conventional. Let's talk about what happens when you have a trunk system in there. Well, the scanner is going to stop on the control channel. It's then going to stop on the control channel. It's going to lock onto it, start the decode rate, then go through and sample it for a couple seconds to see if there's any activity on the talk groups you have in your list. Once it's not, it's going to go back into conventional mode and then scan all over again. Every little thing you have your scanner doing will slow up its scan rate, basically. I mean, not really to slow up the scan rate, but slow up the amount of time it's going to take to get back to channel number one in your scan list, right? The more work you ask of your scanner radio, the more you slow it down. So let's think about it another way. Say you have a delay timer of four seconds on a dispatch channel, right? Again, dispatcher comes on the air. Maybe you have a second squelch tail. You're delaying four seconds. Why are you delaying four seconds? Because you found out that when you have anything lower, you might miss the replies if, if the carryover drops. Okay, now you have a four second there. Now you go into your tactical channels. Maybe you set those for a two second delay time. Maybe you have a couple of simplex channels. Well, you've set those delay times really high because, again, as the carrier drops, boom, you're going right into scan immediately and you don't have any chances of picking up the replies on that same frequency. Again, all of this slows down your scan time. So why do we use multiple scanners? To eliminate missing transmissions, because our scanners are busy doing something else. It's pretty much that simple. 
Yes, we have multiple scanners because I've got the disease and I have to have them. But practically speaking, and what leads to many of us having our own scanners or having multiple scanners is because we dedicate a scanner to a particular task so that we can then free up our resources on our main scanner to do other things. And again, this is how your collection grows. So maybe you're big into, I don't know, say aviation. So aviation may require you to have long delay times in your scan list. And that's just because as soon as somebody de-keys the microphone, the scanners can go right back and scan anyway. So maybe you have a five-second timer on your your tower frequencies. Maybe you have a two-second on your arrival and departure or taxi. Uh, if you're listening to Marine, I know what I normally do is on channel 16, which is the hailing uh, frequency for a, a, a vessel in distress to call the U.S. Coast Guard. I usually leave that as a pretty large delay, upwards of five seconds, because I want to make sure that I catch not only the U.S. Coast Guard station, but the vessel in distress. Now, the problem is the way that Simplex works is you may not hear both sides of the conversation, which is very true when it comes to channel 16. So I will normally try to max out my delay time on that frequency because it gives me time to not only hear the U.S. Coast Guard come up on the frequency, but when my scanner is silent because it cannot hear the vessel that is talking to the U.S. Coast Guard, it then gives the U.S. Coast Guard a chance to respond to that vessel, and my scanner has not moved on to something else in that time where I perceive that to be dead air, even though there's something else on that frequency. Now, again, if I set a 10-second delay time on my main scanner, that is a very, very, very long time to be tying up the scanner to be do something else. Additionally, if I let the scanner just go, I'll never hear anything come else come out from the U.S. Coast Guard as far as that transmission goes. Additionally, here, New York State Police, they operate on a duplex system, which is basically simplex over two frequencies. So I've got my scanner set up in a such a way where I know that the dispatch frequency that it's both mobiles and base on a low delay time, and I have the simplex where it's just the base and the simplex where it's just the mobile on no delay time so that I go right back to the other frequency. But I might hold that group longer so that it sits there and goes back and forth between those frequencies rather uh, for a longer delayed time. So again, it gives you the ability to tweak the way that you have your scanners set up. So let's go through how I have mine set up over here. I have multiple scanners doing multiple things. So let's see how I have mine set up over here. I have one radio set up in my kitchen that just monitors my local fire department's frequency. That's all it does. And it's an overkill for that radio. It's a HP1 listening to a simple analog UHF channel. I could pick any radio to do that, but I picked an HP1, okay? Now, that radio is sole purpose in life is just to monitor the UHF dispatch channel for my local fire department. It's not on an external antenna because I don't need one on that radio because they're transmitting about a half mile away from here. But I also have my local uh, fire department on three pagers. Yes, it's beautiful to be a Unication and Swiss phone dealer such as myself. <laughs> so if you're looking for uh, any pagers, Swiss phone, Apollo, or Unication, you can check us out at eastcoastpagers.com. 
But um, I leave one of my Unication G1 pagers on the dispatch channel, and that is a selective call where it only burps and chirps when there's a call. I have a G5 set up on a monitor, and I also have a Swiss phone as quad voice set up on like do not disturb where it will just vibrate. And again, not only does this allow me just to grab a page if I want to run out, but it's something portable, something I can listen to. And at my desk while I am working, I don't necessarily need to hear every single transmission over the dispatch channel. All I need to listen to is just the physical dispatch themselves. If the call sounds interesting, then I'll listen to it on another scanner. Maybe I'll go over here to my SDS 200, which is still on the side of my desk as I am running it through its paces because I'm still working on the review on that scanner. Yes, it's taken me a long time, but it's still sitting here right under my monitor because I'm still reviewing this scanner. So I also have a couple of scanners set up streaming to the internet, which I can also monitor locally here. I have a scanner set up that's locally my county's fire departments, all the departments that are in my county. I have a scanner dedicated to my neighboring county's fire departments. I have a scanner just dedicated to my neighboring county's police departments, and that is all done on a trunk system. Now, they are moving to a P25 trunk system, so that will require an upgrade when the time comes and they completely get off of the existing setup. So I am starting to save funds so I can buy a phase two capable P25 scanner. I also have a radio that was that used to be set up on my local police county or my local county's police. Now they've gone encrypted, so there's not much I can listen to, but what I do have are the UTAC channels set up because I know that the UTAC channels are in my local county's radios. Have I ever heard anything local on them? No, but it is there in the event that I need it. And sometimes I may be surprised. I do hear a lot coming out of New Jersey on those frequencies. They use it. Um, so that's in there as well. Now I leave one radio set up just for marine monitoring. I have that one set up for just like channel 16, 22, 21. I also have it set up with some of the uh, U.S. Coast Guard net frequencies. A lot of those used to be just P25 into clear, but now it seems like, at least this year, most of them are now going through encryption, and I'm getting very annoyed listening to this radio now. I've just turned it on for the summertime, and I'm getting annoyed because a lot of it is encrypted, and all I'm getting is a digital noise. So I might change that radio out to a newer radio that has muting turned on. And when an encrypted, uh, an encrypted transmission comes across over the P25 frequencies, I want to listen to the R2-D2 all the time, okay? So again, things kind of change here. So maybe I'll make that radio something that, I don't know, maybe I want to dedicate that to federal and just monitor federal for a while and see if I can uh, pick up some unencrypted federal. You know, you just never know. There's, there's plenty of things out there. Now I have one radio here to state police. And again, as I stated before, they are VHF and they operate on duplex and on a repeater. So in order to, you know, just get the most out of them. I leave that dedicated to one radio as well. Now, I also have other radios that are set up that do other specific things. I have one as I consider an ad hoc radio, which is one I go to when I want to listen to something very specific on the fly. That's usually a 536 HP. Uh, that will be swapped out to my SDS 200 when the time comes. I also have plenty of other radios that sit in a shelf that are just mementos and others that sit 
under a desk because I just don't have any resources to either plug them in or to just listen to them right now. I just don't have a need for them, but they are there. They're in the back burner. And every once in a while, I do take them out so I can reintroduce them to my to myself and, and run through the, the how they work so that they are in my memory. The last thing you really want to do is have a radio that sits idle for so long you forget how to use it because, again, that's no good either. Okay, so with all of these radios, do they all need to be hooked up to an antenna? Well, they all need to have at least an antenna connected to them, but does it have to be the external antenna? The short answer to this one is no, and the long answer to that one is because it all depends. I don't need my local fire department to be on my external antenna for the dispatch channel because, like I said before, they're a half mile away. They work pretty darn well right here in my basement. And it's actually, as I'm recording this, my S-Quad voice pager is clicking in its charger because there's a call. You don't hear this, right? Because that's a do not disturb pager. But I know the calls are going out because I can hear the relays clicking in the charging base. So that's one way that I know, okay, something is going on. There's a call. But it doesn't disturb my process. It doesn't disturb my flow. All right. Again, that's with the pager in my basement, and it works beautifully down here. I do not need to have that on an external antenna. So all of those radios are self, you know, they, 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 they're on their own antennas. They're pretty much standalone, right? They're not tied into the network. My radios that are on live feeds that I broadcast out to myself or Broadcastify, yes, those are on external antennas because they, they cover a large geographic area, an entire county in each case, especially the one that does fire departments for my neighboring county, because that is a very long county. If you're familiar at all with uh, Long Island, Suffolk County is pretty much most of Long Island, I guess you can say. And there's no way I'm covering the extreme east end from here, but I have it on external antenna so I can cover as much as I can. When it comes to the PD operations, yes, I keep that on the external antenna as well. Even though it's trunking, I can receive it pretty well from here. I want a nice, solid signal, especially when I'm broadcasting it out to other people on the internet. My ad hoc radio, of course, that one is also in on an external antenna because I don't know what I'm doing from, with it from time to time, as well as my, uh, my marine radio as well. How am I connecting all of these radios to a single antenna port or at least to an external antenna? Well, I have two antennas that are outside of my basement. I have one that's up in the attic. There's a discount antenna that's just standing on the floor. And I ran that coax cable down through the vent pipe chase. Basically, it's the void between all the floors where my vent pipe is. And that was pretty easy to do. You just need a nice, solid snake. All right, that's a Metal Gear Solid reference for anybody out there. But you have a nice... Uh, snake that you use to go between the floors and then you pull a little coax back down through there. Again, the chase is pretty knocked out uh, between the floors for your vent pipe or your vent stack. So that's an easy way to get them between the floors. Um, externally though, I do have the external antenna. That one is done through a multi-coupler. If you want to learn more about multi-couplers, you can go back and listen to Scanner School Session 33. That's where I talk about multi-couplers. Now, again, what's a multi-coupler? A multi-coupler is a way of sharing one antenna with multiple radios. You cannot transmit through a multi-coupler. Receive only on the multi-coupler, right? And the beauty of the multi-coupler is that it isolates each output port so that one scanner can't communicate to another scanner through a splitter. Right. Sometimes we've noticed that when I've talked about um, uh, other podcasts that I had a buddy of mine 
who had a cable TV splitter, and he found out that when he had one radio on, it muted out the other one, the other radio. Sometimes you'll actually hear there's uh, the clock inside. You might hear tick, 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 coming through another radio because of the way that uh, the IF works and everything else. So again, you want to isolate all of the ports as best as you can. Now, again, do I practice what I preach? For the most part, I do. But I do have a couple of radios where I'm not so worried about them talking to each other. Or I have some SDR dongles that I'm just using and playing around with right now where, yeah, I'm not going to put them on a multi-coupler. I'll just split them for now because they seem to operate just fine. But I don't want them polluting everything else on the network so they're isolated on their own leg on the multi-coupler. Now, a passive multi-coupler means that there's no active electronics in it. So a passive multi-coupler just takes a signal coming in and it will attenuate it out to each port. So you may lose 3 dB on each port. Maybe you lose a bit more, maybe you lose a little bit less. Whereas an active multi-coupler, you plug this one into the wall as well. And it has a small preamp in there that will take out the loss of each port and maybe a little bit more than the loss. So you get a slight gain on your multi-coupler. I'm using a Stridsberg multi-coupler myself and it has eight ports, it's active, and it runs a little bit more than $300. But to me, it is totally worth it because, again, you're investing in good coax, you're investing in a good antenna, you're investing in good radios. Don't let a cheap splitter ruin everything for you. If you look around on the net and you look at some of the more advanced setups out there, we're all using multi-couplers. It's just one of those things that... Um, you know, you don't really see it, it doesn't get a lot of glory, but it certainly does enhance your uh, your setup. Now, if you're interested in looking at multi-couplers more, again, I suggest going to scannerschool.com slash session 33 and listen to that podcast episode. That one is all about multi-couplers. But if you want to make a purchase and you want to help support Scanner School, you can go to scannerschool.com slash multi-coupler. It's M-U-L-T-I-C-O-U-P-L-E-R, multi-coupler, scannerschool.com slash multi-coupler. That is an affiliate link over with ScannerMaster to their multi-coupler page. You can look at the prices and reviews. And again, if you use that link to make a purchase, we'll make a small commission on your purchase. Again, I strongly recommend ScannerMaster. They are a great company. They've been in business for well over three decades now. And... That's where I buy all my scanners and hardware from. It's directly from the guys on Scanner Master. And in fact, we even had them on as a guest in a previous podcast episode as well. So again, Scanner Master is where I buy all of my scanner hardware, radios, antennas, coax, GPS units, you name it, I buy it from there. Scannerschool.com slash Scanner Master is our affiliate link for Scanner Master. So to summarize, why do we use multiple scanners? We use multiple scanners to minimize our chances of missing a transmission. So again, if you have one radio that is your do-all, be-all scanner, you may miss a transmission because your scanner is off in lava land doing something else. You have the ability to hold on a transmission and not miss everything else that's going on because you tied up your scanner. You can just tie up maybe your local fire department scanner, but your police scanner is still going. Maybe you hold on your marine scanner and then your public safety scanner is still off doing its thing. Now, not every scanner needs to be on an external antenna. So again, you are optimizing your antenna resources as well. 
You can also change the volume on the scanner. So if there's something you want that's catching your attention, you can raise that volume independently and still leave everything else low and in the background. Finally, it gives you peace and quiet because if you need to have everything on, you leave the world on, scanner becomes uh, receiving, can become annoying to those who are around you, to be honest with you. And even to myself, I leave my scanners off most of the time. I have them muted. They're all on, but they're external speakers that they're all on because I have, an, I have a software soundboard in my computer. Um, they're all muted. The only scanners I leave on all the time are the ones that monitor my local fire department. And it's kind of an agreement I have with my wife that I don't leave things on and loud all the time. So again, it does help keep peace in the family as well. So it depends on what your needs are and how much you need to invest on them. Uh, from my perspective here, locally here, thankfully, my fire department can be received by anything, even a, dare I say, Baofeng radio for 25 bucks. And would I consider that a second scanner? Yes, I would consider that to be a second scanner, as long as you're using that to listen to scanning and not to be transmitting through. Or that you, then it becomes a transceiver. So again, I hope this explains why many of us do have multiple scanners because it's not just to collect them or because we have the disease and need to have the latest and greatest. It's because we've gotten to the point where we optimize our scanning and we dedicate a piece of hardware just to a specific job, right? Jack of all trades, master of nothing, right? No, our scanners are fine-tuned to a specific task and that's what all they're set to do and they do them very well. That's the point. That's the end game here. That's what we're looking for. But again, I understand not everybody can have multiple scanners. What do you do if you can't afford multiple scanners? Maybe you bring on a secondary live scanner feed, something you can't control. Let that one listen to the county and then set your scanner up to listen to that, that active fire call. Or bring on a second receiver for a, your local county police department. You can use other people's resources to your advantage, especially like this. So if you have a fire and a police feed on Broadcastify that you listen to, you can bring them up separately and then use your own scanner as your ad hoc radio. And set that one up to your smaller scan list as well. There's flexibility out there now thanks to the internet and that's another way that you can actually have multiple scanners without needing to invest in all of the hardware. All right, so before we wrap up for the week, I want to remind you to bring your questions to Ask Scanner School. Again, if you have a question and we play it next week and you have submitted that question either via SpeakPipe or our local number, you will be in the chance to qualify for a free 30-minute consulting session where you can ask anything you want about scanner radios. Now, again, this consulting call has a value of $47 on it. Uh, it's just what I charge for a 30-minute sit-down session. And again, I'm giving this away to you for free. Now, in order to qualify, again, you have to leave me a voicemail message either via SpeakPipe or our local number, which is 516-308-2885. Again, 516-308-2885. 85. Again, I will pick one winner from each Ask Scanner School session. So make sure you ask your questions right now because as I'm recording this, next week's session is another Ask Scanner School session. So get your questions in now so you can qualify. If you're listening to this in the future, yes, continue to ask your questions because every week, or I'm sorry, every month when I do an Ask Scanner School question and an answer session, that is your next opportunity to get your name into the hat, and I will pick a winner 
month over month over month. And as of right now, I do not see this terminating anytime soon. So if you're listening to me in the future, yes, ask your questions. Scannerschool.com slash ask. Finally, I want to thank our continued Patreon supporters. Signals everywhere. Glenn Bryden, Scott Vorder, Craig Harper, Dan, James Felling, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, M.T. Bono, Mark Beebe, Raymond Hill, and William R. Can. You can support Scanner School with a month-over-month pledge by going to scannerschool.com support and looking for the Patreon link. Patreon does give you benefits. There's, there's benefits for using our Patreon, and that's the tiered. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. That's $12 a year to help keep scanner school going now additionally you can help support us by looking at our other links on scannerschool.com support such as one-time paypal donations um scanner uh, scanner master butel software and if you're a big amazon shopper like i am and if you shop on amazon all the time you can just click on our link then go to buy things from amazon again it doesn't cost you any money to support scanner school that way but we are getting a ton of support from you an amazon shopper and I can't thank you enough for at least stopping by and clicking that link before you go and shop on Amazon. That really does help support us. Again, it comes at no additional cost to you, especially if you're going to buy things on Amazon anyway. So don't forget, all the session notes are online. Scannerschool.com slash session 79. And please don't forget to ask your questions because right now there's only one person in the running, so he's an automatic winner. Challenge him. Get your questions in there. And maybe you'll win the free consulting session. Scannerschool.com slash ask. We'll catch you all next week to answer your scanner radio questions. Again, my name is Phil Lichtenberger. My material call sign is W2LIE. And this is Scanner School, where we teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. Catch you all next week, 73.